Maybe you felt chills or goosebumps. Perhaps it's an overwhelmed feeling of something bigger than you or more complex. Whatever the feeling, God put the response in your soul as a reminder of His presence, power, and glory. It's called awe, and He wants to remind us of it every day in many ways. Join us as we discover how God has used His awe to inspire others to follow Him deeper in their lives. Good afternoon here and welcome to In On By Bruce. And today we have back Dr. Hormuz Shariat, who you remember from Iran Alive. And the great thing is he just came out with a new book called Iran's Great Awakening, How God is Using a Muslim Convert to Spark Revival. And boy, this couldn't be more true as we'll find out today as we listen to the different things that are going on in Iran and, and how God has spoken to Hormuz to reach out to that country and the effect that it's having and the direction that it's going. So I'm I'm just going to start in right there with, uh, with Hormuz and just welcome you to the show and thank you for everything that you've got going on over in Iran as well as Afghanistan and some other places. Well, thank you so much, Bruce. The Lord is doing great work in the Middle East. We know he loves the Muslims. He wants everyone to be saved. He died for all, but He's not just sitting there. He's working to save nations. <laughs> and this just came to me from your book, what you just said there, because, you know, you had a horrible situation where you'd become a Christian, living over here in the United States, having things go on in your own life, and then you you find out that your brother, who was still in Iran, was was really murdered by the state. And he was a Muslim, but maybe not the kind of Muslim they were looking for or wanted uh, but they just murdered him without him ever being charged or anything. And you have a dialogue in there that you have going between yourself and God about hating them and wanting to be able to curse them. And God continues to give you answers. Can you go through that a little bit? Yeah, that was a, a point in my life where God showed the direction, a new direction for my life. I was a new believer and my family members were not yet believers. Now there are many, many of them are believers and they arrested my younger brother, 16 years old, on minor political charges. And as a new believer, I started, God, you know, you got to save my family. You got to save my, my brother. Give him a chance. And I prayed for two years. And when he turned 18, uh, you know, they, they used to tell my mom, oh, everything is OK. We're going to let him go. He's doing fine. And when he turned 18, they called my mom and said, come and get his body. We just executed him by firing squad. <laughs> And when my mom went to uh, pick his body up, they told her, you got to pay for the bullets. You got to pay for the killing of your son. And Not she cool. had to pay a good amount of money to get, get the body. So that was when I went to a crisis as a new believer. I said, wow, this is injustice, you know? You know, mm -hmm. I was, uh, I'm not the kind of person to sit back and, uh, and accept. Uh, I was on the streets of Tehran in 79 when I was a student there. I was shouting death to America and uh, death to Israel. I, I, I was there. And of course, by the way, I've changed my mind since then. I, I sing God bless America today. And mm -hmm. I mean it because I got saved here. So when I, when my brother was killed, I just before the Lord, God, what is this? What type of faith? What do I need to do? That That's the do part. What do I need to do? And I, I said, God, um, I just want to take your revenge. And I remembered, oh, no, the Lord says revenge is mine. Okay, I'm sorry, Lord. Uh, Lord, I just hate him. H hate him. Oh, yeah, you don't want us to hate. 
you, you want me to even love my enemies. Oh, I'm sorry, Lord. And I said, God, I'm angry. I, I'm angry. You know, I was just, this is a matter of three days of mourning, just dialoguing with God. Mm -hmm. I'm angry. And then I realized I'm not supposed to be angry. If you're angry in your heart, you've killed your brother already. So I said, what kind of faith is this? You see injustice and I cannot do anything. What can I do? Can I at least cuss at them to make me feel better? And I realized, oh, no, you can't do that. You worship with your mouth. You're not supposed to cuss. So that's when I said, God, what do I need to do? And he revealed to me that, number one, those who killed your brother, they are not your enemies. Those Muslims are not our enemies. They have one enemy. His name is Satan. Those people, even today, those terrorists, those Muslims, they are victims in the hands of our enemy. We got to love them. We got to care for them. So God took that hatred away. Those are victims themselves. And mm. so I said, God, what do you want me to do? And God said, there is only one thing you can do to hurt the enemy, which is Satan. And that's to evangelize, to share mm. the gospel. Because when one person comes to Christ, there is a party. There is rejoicing in the courts of heaven. And there is mourning in the courts of hell, which is Satan. So that's when I say, God, okay, I will, I will share the gospel the rest of my life. Would you use my life to bring one million Muslims to Christ? I said it, not really believing it, not saying, how can it be done? I just a heart desire and request. I didn't know there's going to be satellite television and Iran would be so open and that seed of faith and vision the Lord put in my heart during that crisis. I love your reminder. Anybody that hasn't become a Christian, they're victims of our enemy. Really appreciate you saying that. As we look forward, so let's talk about how, you know, the one million and, and the goal and how things are going and how God has shown you that happening. But first, you were telling me about a poll that you just had received that was taken would it make sense to start with that poll and then move into how your work is going over there? Yeah, well, the, the recent poll kind of confirms what I've been saying and shocking people in my conferences I teach and the churches I speak, interviews I give. I make shocking statements and they say, oh, really? Oh, really? Now, now I have proof. <laughs> Iran will be the first Islamic nation that turns to Christ. Oh, yeah, you're exaggerating. Oh, Islam in Iran is experiencing its greatest defeat in its history. Oh, really? I don't, we don't think so. And, and you know, uh, people of Iran are saying Islam is not the way. It's our problem and we need to get rid of it. But one wow. sentence the last four or five years I've been saying is this. Iran is no longer an Islamic nation. And people say, well, I, we don't believe you. Now, now you've got to believe me. There was a recent scientific solid research done by university professors in Europe about the beliefs of Iranians. They surveyed many people, over 50,000 responded to their survey, 90% of them inside Iran. And the survey confirmed, can you believe it? Less than one third of the population said we are Muslims. You Google it, it's 95, 97% mm. Muslim that mm -hmm. Iran is supposed to be. But Iranians have turned away from Islam, very open. They're shopping around. They're looking around. I say, 
uh, we are done with Islam. Okay, let's see what else is out there. And they're looking at everything, not just Christianity. They're yeah. looking at Eastern religions. They are looking at secularism as a religion, everything but Islam. Wow. The thing is, if you, you were in Iran, you would probably not say to somebody from the government, oh, I'm not a Muslim, right? I was born a Muslim. I raised a Muslim, and I was pretty serious in my early years. And Islam is a religion of fear. Right. So if there is any error in this survey, would be fewer people would say we are Muslims. Some yeah. would say because out of fear. So if there is an error, it, is is in that direction of fewer people are Muslims. And because they were afraid, they just declared, oh, yeah, let, let me say, to be safe, let me say I'm a Muslim. As you as you moved on then now with that and what you've said before, how are you seeing what God has been showing you come together with the truth of that poll? Tell us about some of the effects and, and results of, uh, that you're seeing. Number one, people of Iran are done with Islam and it's growing. That's one third is shrinking. It's not solid. It's shrinking. Mm. Number two is that they are looking. They are looking. And we Christians have obligation before the Lord to present Jesus to them. If we don't, their blood will be on our hand. That's biblical, by the way. Mm -hmm. But if we do, Jesus is the winner. There is no competition among the philosophies and religions. If you present Jesus, his love, his forgiveness, the peace, the joy, everything about Jesus, his character, nobody can compete with him if we present him to the people of Iraq. They mm. will come. So this is our duty. Number three, if you're asking me, the church, church in Iran is growing fast, mm -hmm. but there is no building church. House churches are few and dangerous and weak because they're led by new believers who don't know much about the Bible. Yeah. So number three is the challenge before us to build the church in Iran strong. The church is growing fast, but not strong, spiritually strong. It is our duty to disciple them. And I'm calling my brothers and sisters, would you help me disciple a nation? Ah. I'm not talking about evangelism because it's easy. It's done. You know, Joel Rosenberg graciously calls me Billy Graham of Iran. I don't declare that. And I usually say, come on, Iran is so open. Anybody who shares the gospel could be Billy Graham of Iran. Just share the mm -hmm. gospel. So evangelism is easy in Iran. When I shared the simplest message of the gospel on our satellite channel, by the way, some people may not know, we do 24-7 broadcasts into that region. We do the follow-up and many call us and they come to Christ. And we don't stop at the broadcast. The Lord has shown us a strategy to yeah. go from media to movement. How do you go from media, salvation, house church planting, and a movement? <clears throat> so when people contact us, they're hungry. And again, I'm, I'm making a call. Let's disciple that nation. Evangelism, don't worry about it. Simplest message brings them to Christ. There is a challenge to build that church strong. And, you know, this is the first generation church. And if we don't build it strong, the church in Iran will be weak for generations. And if we build it strong, it's going to be strong and impacting the whole Middle East and even the world for mm. generations to come.
So you gave us some great things to pray about for you and your ministry and the people in Iran. How is it that people can help you disciple the new Christians in Iran? Are there people here that can help you in the United States? Are there people that are not in, uh, I think you're in Dallas, not in Dallas, that can help you? How's that work? Well, there are several ways. Uh, one is that, you know, we have 24-7 broadcast, and I'm, I'm on it two, three times a week, each for half hour, sometimes one hour. So we have 24-7 satellite time to help, to teach mm-hmm. these hungry Christians. You know, when they come to Christ, they're hungry, naturally hungry. These are babies who are healthy and hungry for the Word of God. So what we have done and we invite others to do is we have television partners. That's number one way to help. If you have a media ministry, if you have a pastor who has a media ministry and want to reach out to the Middle East, we got it. We have millions of uh, viewers. When I say millions, again, it's not made up. There was another survey three years ago that showed we are number one most watched Christian satellite in Iran with over 6 million people said we watch it daily and about 20 million watch it weekly. So here, everything is ready. The people of Iran are ready. We have worked 20 years to gather millions of people around those sets. And Mm -hmm. I'm looking for TV partners who will have good teaching, good video programs to partner with us. We will help them dub it, translate, and we give them a good slot on the channel to broadcast it. And they are winners because they're reaching out to Middle East in a very effective way. Our viewers are the winners because they are receiving good teaching, which are they hungry for. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be helping us partially a little bit of financially so I can manage the satellite channel. So it's a win-win-win situation. If you know somebody, if you have a media ministry, if you are a pastor or you know a pastor who has a heart to transform the Middle East, mm-hmm. here is an open door. We got everything. We're looking for partners. Good. That's good to know. So anybody that's listening, if they know somebody along those lines, here's a great opportunity. And and for those that don't have that ministry, great opportunity to pray for it, to open up for people to come and help and support what's going on in Iran and around the Middle East. Yeah, And so, you can go on uh, online to get to know more. And you can even send a message when you go to our website, www.iranalive. Dot .org short iranalive.org you will get more information and you you can send me an email there and we will respond and follow up and explore possible partnerships so partnership like that is number 1 because uh, it has it has so much impact and if you don't have a media ministry i encourage you number 1 to pray and i mean that we need prayer it, you know prince of persia is the only big demon mentioned in the book of Daniel in, in the Bible. It's a dark spirit over Iran. Mm. And we need to pray and we must pray to defeat that mm-hmm. senior level demon because he's a senior level powerful because he could hinder Michael, the archangel, the warrior archangel, Michael. He could stop him for 21 days, as we know. So mm-hmm. it's a powerful dark spirit over Iran. And as we pray, the captives are being freed. So pray, you can support. We are supported mostly by our friends in America. And if you, the Lord is leading you to participate in transformation of a nation, 
if the Lord uh, leads you to be a history maker, history is being made in Iran today. Go on our website and you can donate as the Lord leads you. Let's make this happen. It's happening yeah. already. Let's add fuel to the fire of revival. <laughs> Amen. Amen, brother. I wanted to take just a step back for something because people might be listening and go, you know, Hormuz, you've got a, just this great outgoing personality that you're very convincing and persuasive and everything like that. But the truth is that you're an introvert and <laughs> you had to get past, right? You had to get past some things to be able to get to the point where you you really were stepping out in faith and by God's courage to talk to people. So maybe bring people up on that because, you know, they may be saying to myself, that's you, but here's who I am. I'm, I'm not good at that. Okay. Oh, good point, Bruce. Inside and I am an introvert engineer type nerd. Okay, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got my PhD in science in artificial intelligence and did research in that field for uh, more than 11 years. So, and I'm very shy inside. Why I became a little bit bold because of the Holy Spirit asking me to love people. I think when you love people, you come yourself and it's easier to share otherwise it, it's hard for me to even speak in a conference or in a radio or podcast interview but when i'm filled with god's love i i feel uh, there is a flow there it's not me loving people loving your viewers loving those muslims i think uh, love makes us both now moving forward you know you you took steps and and you make a point in your book that i think is important for people listening today. You talk about the fact that from a young age on, you felt that God had put something on your heart and you had asked him to, to use you to impact the world, or maybe you've shown you that you would impact the world. And I think uh, you mentioned that a lot of times people let those dreams go. So tell us a little more about what you felt God put on you. And then the fact that that worked in your life and and this is proof of where we are today and encouragement for other people listening. You know, the Bible says he has chosen you and ordained us, prepared a plan for us before even we were born. So things that happen to us, the callings in our lives, you look back and you say, oh, everything before I even become a Christian was guided by God. Prepare me for this. So from childhood, even before, my, my mom, I remember saying, she came to Christ later, but mm -hmm. she saw G Jesus and she didn't know when she was. She said that when I was pregnant with you and I saw a dream of flying and there was a white man in the white robe. You know who that is, okay? Mm. Flying beside me and said, I'm going to bless that child and he's going to do something great in the world. So even though she did not come to Christ until she was 78, but she always said, oh, I know you're going to do something good, something great. So that seed, it's again, it's not me, it's not my mom, it's God's call on our lives that we need to honor. So from childhood, there was something in me that would say, I want to do something great in this world. And I thought it was science. That's why I focused on science. But then the Lord changed the direction and God is doing greater work through the ministry than I would have ever done in science, even though I was not bad at, at research. <laughs> mm -hmm. So people need to hold on to what 
What should they do to find out what you've seen God wants them to be doing? What should they what should they be asking or looking for? I encourage you to read the book. You know, the first part, it has three parts. First part is my spiritual journey, which I hope it's not just a story. It's an encouraging to your faith, to your vision. I hope it will encourage you to pursue your vision and your call in your life. So that's part one. Part two, I talk about all the prophecies of the in the Bible about Iran. I study them very carefully. As you may know, there is a prophecy and prophecies in the Bible about Iran. Iran is a lot in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Cyrus, you know, all those kings, all the promises. And in Jeremiah 49, 38, God says, I will set my throne in Elam, which is today land of Iran. So I, in part two, I study all the prophecies about Iran. I conclude that according to the Bible, Iran will be a Christian nation. That's it. He wants it. Okay. Now, how fast? It's up to us, I think. <laughs> now, <laughs> not, uh, part three is... How do we do that? You know, vision without a plan is just a wish. So a part three of the book is how do we do that? And and people who want to know what the strategy is, how that can happen, and how they can be a part of history making, they can read uh, part three also. So I encourage you to get the book. And we are on Amazon and Walmart and Target and everywhere you can get the book. But the best and easiest way is to go on our website, iranalive.org, iranalive.org, or just text the word Iran, I-R-A-N, to this number, 74784, 74784, just like the airplane, 74784. So instead of putting people's phone number, just put 74784 and text Iran. You get a link to how to get the book. And by the way, I've written this book and I've given it uh, dedicated to the ministry, so I do not benefit from it personally at all. Mm-hmm. Everything goes for the support of the ministry. As I mentioned to you, I, I got mine. Mine came yesterday in the mail and started into reading. It's very, very good, very easy to read, but also very poignant. And and uh, you you hit some fabulous points and have me thinking about things in my life. Uh, tell us a little bit more without maybe going too far, what you saw as you studied the Bible, what do you see then God showing you? Like you mentioned, setting up his throne in uh, Iran, and so becoming a Christian nation. You believe that there'll be a war there? Uh, of course, yeah, that because it's in the Bible, Ezekiel mm-hmm. 38, and even uh, in Jeremiah 49, before the Lord promises that he will set his throne uh, in Elam, or which is today land of Iran, there is a war there, horrible war. So there, there will be a war uh, in Iran. And, and you know, sometimes uh, you look at Ezekiel 38. So, oh, Persia, which is Iran, is going to attack Israel. And then you look at Jeremiah. Oh, Iran is going to be saved. Now, the question is, which one is true? Both <laughs> prophecies, one says Iran will be attacking Israel and they're going to be war and killing. And one says he was going to bless Iran and he will set his throne there. Which one is true? And when I look at what's happening in Iran, I would say my answer is both are true and both are happening at the same time. The government of Iran is moving towards attacking Israel. They're developing nuclear bomb. They And once they have it, the first target will be Israel, at least bully Israel, but they're going to be using it against their enemies. Mm-hmm. So the government of Iran is death to Israel, death to America. 
But the people of Iran is, we love America, and why should we hate Israel? You're hurting us more than Israel. You means the government of Iran. So mm -hmm. both sets of prophecies are happening at the same time, and both will come to pass, as I show in, in the book, both will come to pass not too far apart from each other. Good. So that everybody can check that out, that uh, nice tantalizing look at that. Anything else from the book and the way God is dealing with Iran and people around Iran that you want to bring out that, that might stir up some interest? One point heavy on my heart, I talk about Iran, 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 but God loves the world. And Iran is not the end of his work. Iran is the beginning of his work. Mm -hmm. You know, we are called differently. You are called, Bruce, in a different way than I am. Mm -hmm. And even nations are called for different things. And when you look at the Bible, what is the purpose of God for creating that nation? And you look in the Bible, I've come up with one idea. Iran was created by God to bless the nations. And mm -hmm. you see that in the Bible. It's not, a, it's not my idea. It's God's idea. You look in the Bible, the kings of Persia, they blessed nations. Look at Cyrus, how he mm. blessed nations, how he set the Jewish captives free, not only free to go back to Jerusalem, he gave them money to build the temple. So I feel this is the purpose of God in the past and in the future. When he says, I will set my throne in Iran or Elam, I cannot imagine Jesus being the king and ruling over Iran and just be happy with it Oh, okay, you guys be blessed. Forget about the rest of the world. Iran will be a sending nation. Iran will bless the whole Middle East and the whole world. And that's in the Bible. And praise God for that. What are the numbers that you're seeing as far as you believe from the, everything you're doing, the number of people that are Christians in Iran at this time? Oh, it's so hard to, to say because there is no formal survey. Mm -hmm. and and people are afraid to declare we are Christians because Christians are persecuted. When you have a survey, are you a Christian? They, most of the time, they don't even respond. No, no comment here. <laughs> they don't want to say yes. And some who are very afraid, they would say, no, I'm still Muslim or something like that. But it's very hard. The numbers go from 1 million to 5, 6 million sometimes. Mm -hmm. and my, my number is uh, about 2 million. And, you know, Bruce, the funny thing is, I say one to two million Christians in the West, uh, churches, usually, sometimes I hear this message or this response, oh, hormones, 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 you're, you're just exaggerating because you're serving Iranians, you're just exaggerating numbers. <sighs> oh, two million? I don't think so. And the funny thing, Bruce, is that I shared the same number with our underground House church leaders, you know, yeah. we do underground church planting and I work with them. I say, I, I tell them, oh, I'm, I'm telling Americans there are 2 million believers in Iran. What do you think? You know what they say? Hormones. Hormones. You're underestimating. <laughs> Why are you downplaying what God is doing in Iran? It's more. <laughs> and they tell me stories to prove it. They say, we, were, we go out to evangelize and we see a good percentage of them already Christians. We sit in a taxi. Before we tell the taxi driver about Jesus, he tells us about Jesus, and he wants <laughs> to evangelize us. So we go to a store. We start talking to a store owner or the customer. about. We start talking about Jesus, 
they tell us, oh, I came to Christ six months ago, a year ago. They say we run into them all the time. So oh. don't downplay it. So God, short answer, we don't know the exact number, but the low number is one to two million. The high number, probably five, six million. Wow. That's yeah. fabulous. Now tell us too about Afghanistan, because last time we were talking, you'd mentioned that Afghanistan is also growing significantly. Any more update on them? Yes, Afghanistan, Tajikistan, as you see the research done, Operation World, research independently has put Iran as the fastest growing evangelical population in the world. Wow. And Tajikistan and then Afghanistan are number two and number 10. So, wow. and they're all part of Persia. Not many people know. They're all Farsi speakers. We talk about Persia. Persia used to cover all that region. They kept their Persian roots. So both countries, Tajikistan and Afghanistan, God is moving. The number of Christians are growing fast. They're very open to the gospel. Anything else uh, before we close up that you want people to know or, or would be helpful or something churches or people could be doing? Be encouraged. The Lord is doing work around the world and even in America. You know, we, we're going through hard times, but don't think God is silent. God is not done with America. I, I believe there is a revival, not maybe a national level revival, mm -hmm. but I think there is going to be a renewal of Christian faith in this country. So I want to be encouraged and join us to make history, but also have hope for America and be yeah. active, be a dedicated Christian, sold out Christian, be a salt and light because the United States needs you today. Mm -hmm. So last question I have for you, anything that you see the coronavirus doing in this time that has been a blessing actually, rather than seeing it as a curse? Well, it looks like a curse, but God even uses curses for our blessing. He's mm -hmm. such a loving God, even uses bad things to, to bless us. And uh, Corona, even America, I think, has humbled us and shaken the churches. You know that they had to change their ways and go home. And I, I think that shakeup was hard, painful, but I think it's uh, eventually a blessing to America. In Iran, made people stay home and watch our programs even more. They yeah. saw the government's cruelty. They did not help the people. The corruption and the heartlessness, the cruelty of not caring for people. Mm. So th that all came because of Corona, that the government's credibility even went down and further. Uh, and that's why we see a jump in the number of salvations in Iran the last six months. Ah. Amazing. Suddenly, in the month of May, we saw the growth 10 times, Bruce, 10 times sudden. <sighs> we used to get less than 50, 20, 30, 40 declaration of salvations. These are people who contacted us and told mm -hmm. us either they want to come to Christ or they have. And by the way, it's dangerous to call us. And we are blocked. It's hard to call us. It's mm -hmm. hard to contact us. And the months of May, it has jumped over 500 a week continually, even up to today, every week. We have 500 people who are brave enough to contact us and they are smart enough to bypass all the blocks the government puts to tell us I've become a Christian just this week or I want to become a Christian. So uh, here it is again. You know, Corona, the Lord, uh, it has been great suffering in Iran. Mm -hmm. Medical uh, support is not like United States. People are, some of them are dying on streets. Uh -huh. and, but God even used that to 
bring more people to himself. Uh, thanks for sharing that, because I think it just shows God's mercy in the midst of something people could look at and be in fear of, and every, not that there's not things to be concerned about or to make sure you're safe, but but in terms of take away what the church is doing, and actually it can, like you said, God can use it to promote his amazing call of salvation in different ways, and, and that's what you're seeing happen. Amen. Amen. That, that's our great God. He's not the source of evil, but he uses evil for good, as he, as he did for Joseph. Okay, wow. Well, Hormuz, thank you so much for, for joining us. We'll put up the information on your book, as well as how to reach you um, on the podcast, and continue to pray, and just praise God for all that's happening, and, and pray for your safety and your team's safety and, and effectiveness to continue. Well, thank you so much, Bruce, my friend. You're doing a great job letting people know what's happening around the world. Oh, well, thank you so much, Hormuz, and God bless you. God bless you.